137th parallel on America's haunted highway, it's Pixelated Paranormal, your guide to the unusual and the strange. Uh, what's up, everybody? Welcome back to a very special holiday episode of Pixelated Paranormal. I, of course, am Sean. I am full of ham and corn stuffing, and with me, as always, is Preston. Presto, buddy, how are you? What's up, uh, all you cool ghosts and goblins, you crocodiles and crocodingos, skeletors and skeletons, witchers and witches, and whatever the fuck else you want to be? We're doing all right. Uh, you know, my wrist is a little sore today. I've been in the garage uh, finishing up some projects and, uh, you know, doing doing some stuff and um, drank, uh, drank uh, too much egg, eggnog and bourbon. So, I mean, there's <laughs> that. Nice, man. Nice. Yeah, yeah. We, um, we didn't get any eggnog yet, but we will be soon consuming some eggnog and apricot brandy, which is a really fantastic combination. Of course, if you know you're old enough to drink alcohol, you don't want to condone any underage drinking. But uh, speaking of, I am putting back a barley wine to celebrate Thanksgiving. What are you working on, Presto? Oh, I just polished off my eggnog and whiskey. So I'm like, oh, you just just freshly finished. Well, this episode, we're taking a little break from our return of the Revenge of the Mothman because it's Thanksgiving, so why not have a special episode to celebrate everyone's favorite holiday where you eat entirely too much? So, of course, we'll be back next week to finish things off, but we decided that we should do a Thanksgiving special because it's a pretty obscure holiday when you try to make it relevant to the world of the paranormal. But we're up for the challenge, and I think we may have done a fair job of it. So, Presto, when you think of Thanksgiving, what comes to your mind buddy boy uh fucking turkey <laughs> so yeah. preston thinks of bestiality <laughs> yeah. i think of my wife's pumpkin roll and these yams that she makes and this new corn casserole and you know ham i'm a big ham guy what what about you where do you lie where are your loyalties ham or turkey uh turkey not not no ham huh. ham christmas Interesting. turkey thanksgiving Oh, really? Yeah. No kidding, huh? Okay. Yeah. Fair enough, man. What about your side dishes, man? What's your go-to? Uh, stuffing. And then uh, I like uh, I like a good pumpkin pie and then a mm-hmm. uh, sweet potato casserole, you know? Oh, yeah. Hell yeah, man. Yeah. The good old little staples, man. Yeah, yeah. Old faithful. Hell yeah. I am... Um, in all my 38 years of being here, I don't know that I could really care much more or less for traditional Thanksgiving. I like to kind of mix it up a little bit. And um, this year we did ham with my family. We'll do a pretty cool honey uh, butter chipotle turkey with her family. And uh, for Christmas, thankfully, we'll probably do some stuff that's a little more uh, a little more atypical. Like normally my parents, we do an English fair, you know. Some Scotch eggs. I should say more European because there's some Irish and some Scottish in there as well. But my God, I definitely don't care for having the same meal twice within 30 days because, you know, you kind of repeat everything when it comes to Christmas. Well, on this episode, what we've done is put together a list of ragtag cryptids who don't quite belong to any other episode, but they do have something similar in common. 
you could say that a lot of these guys could be considered food-based creatures. And thus we have for you a cornucopia or perhaps a Thanksgiving dinner plate full of cryptids. So at first, how about we start with the meat of this episode's meal, and we'll kick things off with ham, or maybe more importantly, the Northfield Pigman. Now the Northfield Pigman is described as a hybrid cryptid who's half pig, half human, if you couldn't tell already by the name. Now it's said to have the body of a man and the head of a pig. He's not quite as big as his cousin Sasquatch or Bigfoot. This guy's a little shorter, about my height, 5'6 to 5'8. Oh, my God. Covered could, head to toe. Could be you. You could be. It could be me. Could, could be <laughs> it could very well be me. Oh, hey, guys, this is your buddy Sean. I'm a pig man. I'm out here <laughs> celebrating uh, Thanksgiving. Can you feed my fat ass some turkey? Gobble, gobble. <laughs> Fair enough, fair enough. Some say he's about 5'6 or 5'8, covered from head to toe in grizzly white hair. You're not you're not helping and yourself because the more you keep on going on in the description, the more the more, more I know. I'm I'm going gray, man. Yeah. I got some gray in the temples and some gray in the beard. Maybe I just gave up the ghost and I'm actually the Northfield pig man. Uh. <laughs> Hell, my neighbor probably thinks it is me because oftentimes I'm outside in nothing more than my underwear, taking my dog out to uh, go potty in the front yard. So, yeah, this story is just about me. Anyway, others say he even has cloven hooves and talon-like claws on both of his hands. There's even a few eyewitness accounts describing the Northfield pig man as maybe nothing more than just a naked guy wearing the grotesque, severed, hollowed-out pig's head as a mask. But anyway, the legend of the Northfield pig man begins back in 1951 when a 17-year-old boy by the name of Sam Harris disappeared on the night before Halloween. The last time he'd ever be seen, Sam was leaving his house that night, with a basket full of eggs clutched in his hand, headed out to cause some Hollow's Eve mischief. I'm going to go out there and I'm going to fucking egg Mrs. Smith's house, that old bitch. I'm going to show her <laughs> Hollow Halloween mischief. Dude, she didn't give me no fucking candy. Man, one year for Halloween, I went and stayed the night at my friend Max's house, and there were like five or six of us, and we had shredded up like a whole like 12 pack of Charmin into tiny like little snowy chunks and we filled up like three or four trash bags full of this shit and we were gonna go out and like just basically paint Max neighborhood white well it stormed really bad that night and so we got out there and we had like trash bags over us like ponchos and we were just big you know tough badasses in eighth grade and we all choked all at once because of the rain and the thunder. And we just basically dumped like three or four bags of shredded up toilet paper in one yard and then ran back to Max's house. The next morning, my dad came to pick me up. And as we were leaving, we drove past the yard that we just made the giant pile. And I'm not sure if it rained or like other kids came by after us. But the entire yard looked like it snowed, like two or three inches of snow. It was just completely covered evenly across the entire front yard. And I still remember my dad just laughing so loud, like, oh, man, they really got somebody good, didn't they? And I was just slack-jawed, like, oh, my God, I know none of us spread it out. So I'm not sure what happened, but we really did a pretty good job in hindsight. We uh, <laughs> we had somebody do that one year, but they used uh, the 
packets of Idaho mashed potatoes, like the actual like powdered potatoes. Oh no, really? <laughs> and it fucking rained. <laughs> and like the next morning, <laughs> we like drove by and we're like, God damn, what the fuck? God damn it, you you fucking idiot. Because just the the whole yard was just nothing but like just mushy instant potatoes. Yeah, instant potatoes, and we're like, oh my god. Yeah. So how do you get rid of that? Like you just wait for it to rain again and wash away. Yeah. Like, <clears throat> probably old Mrs. Smith kind of get out with the garden hose and fucking wash it. <laughs> <rain>. <laughs> oh my god, the amount of like bugs and like mice that could attract, dude. That's insane. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, man. That's how you get well, a pick squatch, old... people. That's how you get a pick squatch. Right. I'm saying. Well, Sam was heading out to throw some eggs, and he was never seen again. Or was he? See, despite a massive search involving hundreds of locals and police officers, they say that he was never found again, and to this day, no one really knows what happened to Sam. Some others suggest, though, that maybe he ran away from home or perhaps he was kidnapped, even murdered. Others suggest that something even more sinister may have happened to him. But soon after his disappearance, reports about a pig man begin to emerge, and some people even suggest that maybe, just maybe, this is old Sam Harris himself. Maybe Sam was or had become the pig man. One famous eyewitness account was given by a group of teenagers who were hanging out in a big old sand pit behind Northfields High School. The pig man was said to have come out of the brush and approached the group in the sight of this grotesque, terrified pig face. Terrified the group of adolescents and they all hauled balls and screamed all the way back in the high school, scared to death because of the creature that they had just saw. What they said they saw that night was a man, naked from head to toe, covered in white, wispy hair, and he had the face of a pig. Another sighting was reported by the Northfield farmer, whose name remains anonymous, but the farmer heard something rustling around in his garbage cans one night and thought it might have just been a raccoon or a dog. So like any other good old boy, he grabbed his shotgun and he went outside and stood on the porch to scare whatever this thing was away. And he said when he got out there, he looked over at the trash cans, and the thing looked back up at him, and it had the hideous face of a pig. Anyway, the thing tore off into the brush and disappeared. After the farmer went to check on his barn, he noticed that, oddly enough, some of his pigs had gone missing that same night. And so there's also this little place outside of Northfield known as the Devil's Wash Bowl, a river full of waterfalls and several caves. After more sightings of the pig man were made out of the area near the washbowl, a lot of people began investigating and found one specific cave in particular that was supposedly littered with animal bones, many of which were pigs. So Presto, like you said earlier, I don't think this pig man eats turkey. I think he might just be a bit of a cannibal. So anyway, news gets around fast, and they think they found the lair of the pig man. And it became popular then for teens to go out to the devil's washbowl at night and try to catch a sight of the strange pig-faced cryptid. And of course, a small group of friends go out one night to look near the devil's washbowl during their senior year. They all took sleeping bags and flashlights and all the other gear you think you might need to go camping. And according to different stories, there were somewhere between six or eight of them. 
and depending on who you ask, they were all couples. Not together, but, you know, several couples. They picked up several different caves for each of the pairs to investigate. One group, a guy and his girlfriend, took to their cave. The girlfriend starts rolling out her sleeping bag and tried to start a fire when suddenly they heard shouts and screaming coming from the other caves. So the two ran off to see what the noise was, and when they arrived at the neighboring cave, a girl was inside, curled up in a ball near the farthest corner, and her boyfriend was said to be nowhere to be found. She told them that the pig man had come trudging into their cave, completely undaunted by the couple's presence. The guy, trying to be big, bad, and tough, started shouting at this pig man to drive it away and also to maybe get the other couple's attention. Well, the pig man casually picked up a rock and struck the guy in the side of the head with it, knocking him unconscious immediately. Then the creature picked up the man, slung him over his shoulder, and shambled out of the cave just moments before the rest arrived. With his fucking dick nope. hanging out. And he's just like... <laughs> and his wispy fur, yeah. Wispy fur, and he's like, man, I'm going to have me a piece of meat tonight. And then he's like, I'm going to make me some bacon, motherfuckers. Right, the other, other white meat. Yeah. Nobody had seen it near the exit of the cave, and anybody else coming up towards the sound of the screams caught any sight of the creature at all. What they did find, though, was a rock laying near the cave floor with blood all over it and bare footprints in some of the soft creek mud outside the cave. So they split up, and the girls drove into town and went straight for the police. The remaining boys back at the cave, whether it was two or three of them, they all grabbed flashlights and makeshift weapons the best they could find and began scouring the woods around the area. The footprints disappeared at the edge of the road and they thought they lost their trail there. Search parties were set up, police and canine units had coordinated a big effort, including several other adjoining towns, police forces being involved. And a couple days later, some of the articles of the clothing that the boyfriend had been wearing were found by a search dog. They had been left torn and scattered amongst the abandoned farmhouse a whole town over. The missing teen's photo was put up in the area, and one guy came forward. He said the other night he had been awakened to the sound of something lurking outside of his home. So he checked out his kitchen window, and somebody was rummaging through the trash cans by his garage. The person was only wearing a faded, ripped-up pair of jeans. When the man hit the porch light, the intruder looked up and looked just like the kid from the photo. Now, uh, Sean, real quick, Lazarus wants to know, does Pigman have a man dick or a pig corkscrew dick? I think Ooh. it's a man-shaped dick with uh, big old pig balls. I think that's what he's rocking. <laughs> yeah. I think you're right, dude. Yeah. Or it's half and half. The front half is going to be a corkscrew, and the second half is going to be a shaft. Man shaft. Well, whatever his dick looked like, the thing that was rummaging through the trash can, to this man's surprise, looked just like the kid from the missing persons photo. But the only difference was that this thing's body, too, was covered in white, wispy hair, and the eyes looking back at the man seemed to be empty and hollow. There's a few possible explanations for the sightings of the Northfield Pigman, or possibly Pigmen in this instance. 
The most popular theory is that the Pigman is Sam himself. They speculate that maybe Sam had survived after his mysterious disappearance and somehow lost his sanity after experiencing some type of trauma. But of course, the Pigman could also be some type of elaborate hoax, with somebody else creating this thing in some kind of dark and twisted, grotesque prank wearing the severed head of a pig as a mask. But others have suggested that the Northfield Pigman could be a genuine cryptid, some type of hybrid creature that's linked to some type of genetic anomaly. Well, anyway, however you slice that chunk of meat, no meal would be complete without some kind of sides, right? So presto, how about we move on to some vegetables, right? How about we move on to the infamous vegetable man of West Virginia? Lame. (laughs) I don't know. The name's stupid. The creature, kind of neat. West Virginia, of course, is infamous for the Mothman, the Flatwoods Monster, and even the Grafton Monster, and so on and so forth. But what about the lesser-known beast known as the Vegetable Man? Now, Gray Barker, a person who deserves their own episode by themselves, who we'll get to that sometime, is a Braxton County native and a paranormal researcher. He received this interesting story from a gentleman named Jennings H. Frederick. Now, the story has details of the encounter this man had with an unbelievable creature that Fredericks called the Vegetable Man. Now, Barker described Frederick as an amateur rocker expert, later turned UFO investigator, who claimed that he and his mother had multiple encounters and sightings of what they called the Vegetable Man. Frederick's mother, Iva, said that she had witnessed a creature shoveling grass and dirt one day into a bag that she noticed the creature was carrying, and at first she mistook this thing for a child. But after watching it more puzzled for quite a while, she noticed the thing that she thought was a child suddenly boarded a flying saucer, which later flew off. But Frederick would go on to describe his own far more intense, far more detailed encounter that he would say took place on a beautiful mid-July day back in 1968. Now, Jennings Frederick was walking through the woods during an unsuccessful hunt for a woodchuck when he heard a weird jabbering voice that he said sounded a lot like somebody were speeding up a record. And according to Barker in the newsletter, this is what Frederick heard and reported. You need not fear me. I wish to communicate. I come as friend. You know, we know all of you. I come in peace. I wish medical assistance. I need your help. Now, what I appreciate about your profession now is the voice was reported to be like a record being sped up. And you're like, let me play the slow-mo robot voice. (laughs) (laughs) Uncle Slow-Mo, no. Uh, so imagine that, but a lot faster and sped up, you know, like a cartoon voice on Fast Forward. I, hold on, hold on. We, we, okay. we, you need not fear me. I wish to communicate. I come as friends. We know all of you. We come in peace. I need medical assistance. I need your help. <laughs> <laughs> Much better. <laughs> mm. uh, 
Surprised, Frederick felt his arm suddenly catch on a patch of brambles. And when he looked down, he realized what he thought were brambles was actually a three-fingered hand that was green like a plant. Frederick said the fingers were seven inches long with needle-like tips and suction cups at the end, all which had attached themselves to his arm. He said he then heard a suctioning noise and he knew instantly the blood from his arm was being drawn into whatever this thing might have been. He said the creature was sickly looking but stood over seven feet tall, thin with a semi-human shape. It also appeared to be partially plant-based and possessed large ears with striking eyes that oscillated in color, going from red to yellow rapidly. Its arms were thin and gave the impression of reeds by a riverbank. And again, the ends of this creature's fingers were suction cups, which had thorns protruding from each of them. The creature reminded Frederick of the stalk of some huge, ungainly plant, but the creature was surprisingly strong and eventually began to wrap its arms around Frederick's body as if it were going to try to pick him up in a bear hug. And then it stared into Frederick's eyes with its own bizarre, multicolored, bulging eyeballs. The eyes throbbing from yellow to red, back and forth. And suddenly, he says, they even began to spin, almost hypnotizing uh, Frederick and distracting him from the pain from the needles in his arm. Frederick believed the entire transfusion lasted about a minute until he was suddenly able to start wiggling and begin fighting the beast to let him go. And it finally did. It released Frederick, turned around, and ran up the hill far away from the terrified Fredericks. But again, what's strange here is Frederick said the creature didn't necessarily run as much as it did bound through the air, saying this thing would take a leap and cover almost 25 feet at a time, like a modern-day spring-heeled jack. Once the creature went over the hill and disappeared from sight, Frederick said shortly after he heard the sound of a mechanical humming noise, which he could only assume was the vegetable man's craft. Dude, I don't know that it's an actual vegetable man. I think, I think it's just a <laughs> sure. fucking green-skinned alien vampire that uh, was just trying to like hmm. get its fucking rocks off, you know? Yep. That, that's yep. it. You could be right, man. Well, I'm not very inventive, so, uh, you know, the alien was green, so, I mean, maybe it was like a piece of celery. We're just going to, we got to have something catchy, because uh, somebody already took the Flatwoods monster and the Grafton monster and fucking sheep squash, so uh, green, <laughs> long, celery-like fingers, uh, yeah, vegetable mm-hmm. man, put a, put a, put a, put a coin on it right there, uh, get it out there to everybody, vegetable man. Yep. Yep. I think what we have here, too, is a possibility of not so much a vegetable man, but maybe some kind of alien gray type creature. Because, you know, the common philosophy or, you know, theory here is that aliens are this weird bio-organic engineered creature where they're not quite plant and they're not quite human. Like they're kind of a mixture of both. So that could be kind of what we have going on here. But, you know, for all we know, it could have just been a plant man. Yeah, according to Lazarus, Spring Hill Jack was on cocaine, man. So he was getting his. Could have been, man. Getting, some of that. Getting his rocks off. Yeah, probably just stoned out of his gourd on some of that, you know, chicken coop schneef, man. Hoof and schneef. 
Well, because you can never have too many vegetables, how about one more, Presto? You ever hear the one about the tomato man? No. No. Okay. Well, spoiler alert, it's not as kooky as you think. It's not going to be the story behind, you know, Attack of the Killer Tomatoes. Well, there was an alien, and his skin was red. (laughs) He had a wispy (laughs) tuff of hair that was green, so we just fucking called him the Tomato Man. Yeah, we're kind of really bordering on, like, Toxic Crusaders, Savage Dragon, Captain Planet villains, aren't we? The Laredo, Texas UFO crash is an incident in which at least two U.S. military aircraft allegedly chased a 90-foot diameter silver disc across the skies of Texas before finally witnessing the object crash nearly 30 miles southwest of Laredo, Texas, back on July 7th of 1948. Now, U.S. servicemen were reportedly dispatched from a nearby military base to cordon off the UFO crash site, which until a special U.S. retrieval team arrived, was shut down. The retrieval... Let's see here. My golly jeepers, if I could only read. I have been drinking a little bit. The retrieval team arrived to examine the wreckage and carry it away to a military base near San Antonio, Texas. Supposedly, the wreckage contained the badly burned body of a non-human entity, which was recovered, recovered from the crash site. Now, much has been written about the strange body found in Laredo, Texas. He has been derivously called the Tomato Man by the usual detractors in such cases. Man, with the way you're pronouncing and talking tonight, I thought you were going to say he was called the Tomato Man. (laughs) (laughs) Pinky's up. Good. You want you want dad you want daddy to take over? I got I got fucking whiskey and eggnog in me. I I think I can, <laughs> I think I can nail the shit out of this. Um, you know what? Go nuts, go nuts. You want to take a stab at it? Yeah, I'll take a stab at it. Look, there was only one body, and it was badly burned, uh, and it was still in the structure. Our source photographed it in its place in the structure as best as he could with the intense heat from the still smoldering remains and the burning hot stand. It was fucking hot, man. Anyways, after they had t- <laughs> taken the photos of the entire scene and attempted to use multiple flash guns and a tripod to record the overall uh, scene of the nearby hillside, the Air Force crash and rescue firemen on the scene dragged the tomato looking body from the craft and put it on the nearby bank so they could photograph it and take it away from the intense, intense heat. It was about to be a sun-dried tomato, if you know what I'm saying. During their briefing, (laughs) before photographic work began, one of the team members asked what this was and where it came from, and the commander told him not to ask. God damn it, Jerry, we don't ask those type of fucking questions around here. Any army captain who assisted them said the little fellow that they were photographing did not come from this earth. They only saw and photographed one body, but rumors were floating around the site that two or more creatures had been blown out of the vehicle like fucking crash test dummies and were captured and taken away injured, but still alive. One source said he had no confirmation of this aspect of the case, so probably bullshit. You got this, Chief? You want me to keep going? I mean, you're like pulling. You got it. You're, you're selling it, baby. Like you've never sold it before. God, you're pulling a me right now, just sitting on your phone. Just I'm dipping into it. the chat, buddy. I'm dipping into the chat. Hey, hey, hey. hey. Go, go ahead. Get yourself another drink real quick while I, while I take a puff. Go ahead. You've earned it. You've earned it. Get a swig. <laughs> there you go. Mm-hmm. Whoa. Anyways. Oh, man. The body they photographed was four <laughs> feet 
six inches long. Its head was extremely large for the body, uh, to, you know, uh, a size by human proportion. The eyes were gone. Oh, my God. The eyes were gone from the fire. This poor little guy. But the eye sockets were much <laughs> larger than in humans and were almost wrapped around as to give it 180-degree vision. There were no visible ears or nose, but there were openings where ears and nostrils would have been had it been a human. There were no lips, and the mouth was just kind of a slit. There was no teeth nor a tongue. There were two legs of normal proportion with little short baby feet and, you know, discernible toes. The arms were longer than humans, and the hands uh, had four claw-like fingers on each with no apparent thumbs. And the uh, arms and legs appeared to have joints in approximately the same place as us. Fuck yeah, little tomato guy. Mm. There, <laughs> yeah. There were two army doctors that arrived on the morning of July 8th, and they made a superficial examination of the body. Uh, I don't know what you wrote there. Curse source listed. Uh, what? I don't know. Anyways, some source listened to them while t uh, taking photos uh, of their work. And uh, there were no teeth or tongue in the mouth and no apparent duct connecting the mouth to any part of the digestive system. There was no reproductive... Pocket mouth. Pocket mouth. This is like a fucking tomato yeah. tomato alien robot. Anyways, it didn't have... Yeah. It didn't have the lady parts. It didn't have the man parts. <laughs> if you've ever seen uh, Dogma, it's kind of like uh, Professor Snape when he pulled down his pants. Uh, he, oh, yeah. They had yeah the, like they, a Barbie doll. Yeah. They had the body of an angel. The most remarkable thing he overheard was that no stratified muscle fiber was uh, discovered in any of the extremities. The tissue, which was gray in color, was extremely smooth, and the doctors compared it to the consistency to uh, the tissue of a human female breast. Titty monsters. All Damn. right. They said that the bones... Well, listen, Tomato Man sounds a lot more acceptable than Titty Man. Yeah, Titty Man. Let me take you by the hand. <laughs> Anyways, they said that the bone structure in uh, these extremities, uh, uh, in the extremities too, was more complicated than in humans and speculated that the motion may have been accomplished through supporting bones instead of the muscle. The entire abdomen was encased in a rib-like structure all the way to the hips. God, this thing was, like, wow. grotesque-looking. Anyways, the doctors were amazed. <laughs> hideous. Yeah, that the right arm um, extremity had a metallic joint. What? Oh, man. It had an elbow replacement. Yeah, just like me, except mine's in the wrist. I feel you, tomato man. <laughs> Wait, are you titty man? Yeah, it could be. <laughs> Shit. Anyways, the hands each had four digits longer than human fingers, and they tapered to an almost claw-like appearance at the tip. There were no opposing digits like a thumb. There were also no evidence of toes, and the feet came to a blunt point, kind of like he's just wearing, like, really, you know, knockoff toe shoes. Yeah. The body appeared to have been clothed in a metallic-like material, most of which had been burned away. The doctor said there was no evidence of hair growing on the head other or other areas of the body as they found no immediate evidence of hair roots. The only fluid found in the apparent veins in the extremities was colorless with a slight green cast and a strong soft, sulfurous odor. odor. Ooh, demons. I just want to get rid of them. Burn them. Our mm -hmm. source noticed mm -hmm. a strong so sulfurous odor and a ozone smell when working around the burning structure. Mm. All right, Big Daddy. Yeah. Man, what a weird smell, right? Yeah. 
Take us home, gobble spotch. <sighs> Take us home. <laughs> First of all, you read a lot better when you're schnockered. I know. Boy, howdy. Boy, look howdy. At that. You know what? That I... that ozone smell is really, uh, it, dude, dude, it's freaky because we had a mm-hmm. lightning uh, a couple of months ago during one of the storms. We had a lightning bolt crash like five feet from the house, mm-hmm. and the whole mm-hmm. entire fucking house smelled like burnt o- ozone and sulfur. And I'm just like, oh, my God, uh, it's a fucking yeah. apocalypse. Uh, uh Nuclear explosion. <laughs> Hellfire brimstone. Oh, God, I'm going to die. And I couldn't go back to sleep because I'm just like, fuck, are the demons here to get me? Like, what's going on? <laughs> oh, shit, man. Well, sadly, I don't have any stories about pumpkin pie squatches, but what I do have to finish this off, guys, is enough bravery to say that not all of us are ham folks. Some of us, like Preston, are turkey folks. That's right. Gobble, 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 motherfucker. Gobble, gobble. <laughs> Let's close out this episode on a second helping of meat, shall we? And we'll finish with the tale of the legendary Gobble Squatch, which could be a nickname for your mom. Just kidding. Oh, <laughs> what the, what's that thing that I sent you on Instagram today that was like, uh, you're a pretty cool guy. I'm glad your mom didn't wipe you off of her chin. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, oh boy. Man, I expect nothing less from you. So not a lot's known about the infamous <laughs> gobble squatch. That's right, folks. We're talking about a ginormous turkey. But what we do know is back in the 1600s, a young settler named Ezekiel Fitzgerald was hanged in the year of our Lord 19... Jesus, 1672. Surviving judicial records note that the unfortunate Ezekiel, quote, hath overwrought heresy in proclamation most dire, to wit that his eyes laid upon a creature of a wingspan greater than the throne of the Almighty. Basically saying he saw a giant bird creature. Fast forward into the year of our Lord, 1750. Thomas Jefferson, that's right folks, Thomas Jefferson, the Thomas Jefferson, was sent home from school with a note from his teacher to his parents that read in part, he was sent home for the continuous usage of such non-existent words as gobbledygook. Gobbledy-what? Jefferson historians have pointed out that gobbledygook was a local Virginian word referring to those who doubted the existence of a giant gobbler in the Blue Ridge Mountains. Now, in the mid-19th century, the Virginia Lumber Company abandoned plans to clear a cut Mount Mitchell. And later on in 1861, reports from foreman Sid Sawyer claimed that he and his crew were frightened by the falsetto rumblings that set the men afeard at night. Consistent thunder of a giant set of beating wings and unclearable mounds of white-stained excrement beneath the branches of most desirable trees. It was that goddamn go- Almost uh, gobble like a- knocker. It was that goddamn it gobble that knocker. G- God damn it. Gobble knocker. <laughs> Almost as if some giant bird may be roosting yeah. high above them. Ka-ka, <laughs> tookie-tookie. It's the gobble knocker. <laughs> <laughs> In 1901, Wilbur and Orville Wright were researching the airplane by studying birds in flight and spent three months in the wild mountains of Virginia. 
Ignored by most historians, though, it's nevertheless an interesting fact that their first flying prototype was developed in 1903, named the Warbler. Yeah, it's because the Gobble Knocker got turned down. They're like, nobody's going to fly in something <laughs> called the Gobble Knocker. You know? Hold on, Orville, we can't name it the Gobble Knocker. Yeah. People are going to say it's your mom. <laughs> oh. Oh. The ungainly aircraft featured an immense flapping wingspan and sepia-colored gourds draped over the fuselage, and plans were soon abandoned. <laughs> But historical facts aside, fantastic stories of the Gobble Squatch were persistent until about the middle of the 20th century. That's right, 1927. European historian Dillard Dillard Dinsmore published his seminal work, How the Nations Are Named. And while wildly discounted by experts, his theory that Mustafa Pashi was actually a very nomadic Cherokee who founded and named the sprawling nation of Turkey after a long stint living in North America is an interesting part of the Gobble Squatch legend. See, apparently there's tale in North American Indian folklore about a giant turkey-like creature that would stalk many of this nation's great Native American. Lazarus says the uh, Gobble Knocker Express, the only way to get railroaded. <laughs> Maybe so. And in February 1942, 37 recruits thought to avoid war by hiding in the hills of Virginia. That's right, dirty, dirty draft dodgers. And in April of that same year of 1942, 33 of the AWOL soldiers finally reported for duty all reportedly claiming that not even the German Air Force could drop anything as vile as those birds do. Again, reverencing giant piles of white excrement found at the base of many trees in the forests. And then in May of 1967, a Virginia hippie commune became the first to swear off marijuana use. We toke up on green tea every now and then, explained the founder Zeke, Zapper, Sternbaum to Time Magazine, but that stuff was making us see huge turkeys that pecked holes in our VW camper and swallowed our sleeping bags whole. So what could this great beast be, folks? Could it just be the inner workings of a little bit of the devil's lettuce? Or could it in fact be that one gigantic turkey is stalking the hills in Virginia? And that's all I got. That's, that's the only one I buy into. Like, what? Out of all these, you buy into the Gobble Squatch? Yeah, because look, so <sighs> you know, we talk about how Bigfoot's like this really smart, elusive creature. It's hard to find. Blah blah yeah. blah. I don't know if you've ever hunted turkeys, but they're assholes. And for a fucking bird, mm -hmm. they're actually like. You know, if you don't have the right camouflage on, if you, like, accidentally put cologne on, if you make, like, a weird noise, like, they'll come into the area all fucking stupid, yeah. like, bloop, bloop, shoot me, Jerry. And then all of a sudden they, like, mm -hmm. they eye, they eyeball you. And they're like, not today, motherfucker. And then they just get the fuck out of there. <laughs> so they're they're crafty. They're smart. They're intelligent. So there could, okay. there could be one the size of a goddamn Volkswagen Beetle out in the goddamn force of America, just avoiding everybody because it doesn't want to get on Thanksgiving dinner table. You know what I'm saying? It doesn't want its legs spread mm -hmm. with butter. 
That's what I got, you know? <laughs> that's your rebuttal? That's why you believe in yeah, the double squatch? That's why, yeah. Oh, man. I feel like if I were to rank these from one to four, one being the most believable and four being the most crock of bullshit, I'm going to have to go in this order. You ready for this? Yeah. Tomato man, vegetable man, pig man, and the giant crock pot of bullshit, the gobble squatch. I don't know. I, I gotta. I gotta. I gotta rate. I gotta rate gobble knocker first, and then. <laughs> but we can't. We can't call it. We can't call. It's not tomato man. There's nothing. What? There's nothing that was in that story that was remotely as a uh, description that they could say, tomato man. What? Because it was on fucking fire and it had no eyeballs and it like had no mouth. Mm-hmm, oh, the closest mm-hmm. thing that we. No, it wasn't even fucking red, motherfuckers. It was not even well, red. I think the problem was. That's true. I think the problem was they're assuming the head was the shape of a tomato, thus calling it the Tomato Man. I think it sounds a lot more like Marvin, that little robot guy from uh, Hitchhiker's Guide to the yeah. Galaxy, the movie. You, 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 you know, know, with his little club feet. You could have said, uh, let me tell you about the time in Texas in 1947, they pulled out a burnt Mr. Meesix from a UFO. I would have been like fucking sold right there, <laughs> you know? But Tomato Man, like, I, I, I can't, like, because of the name, and then what the Vegetable Man had nothing to do with vegetables, like, go fuck yourself with that. Like, get out of here, you know? And Pig Man, that, that's just your Uncle Jerry out in the forest, you know, because he, he, tri- <laughs> he tripped on too much LSD, and he's all, like, disheveled and hasn't taken a bath in 10 years. Like, you know, yep. he's just back to the back to the wilderness, back to the man roots of, like, fucking and foraging. That's what he's doing. Yep. You could be right, dude. You could be right. It could be that Sam's just one big old pervert, ran off one night, got super baked, and all of a sudden he's just herking off some knuckle children, butt-ass naked, wearing the severed head of a pig. We don't know. I think that's it right like, there. I think that if the, right. if the Scooby-Doo gang solved one fucking mystery, that would be it right there. Let's see who the real villain is. Gank, it's your crazy Uncle Sam just jerking in the woods. <laughs> Oh, golly. <laughs> Who said out there by the trash cans? It's yeah. just Uncle Sam. He's out there just working another one off. Yeah. Let him be. He'll finish and get tired and leave. God dang it. Man, we brought the raucous on this episode, buddy. I didn't even think it was going to get this rowdy. but what You know do? what, folks? Uh, maybe you should share this at Thanksgiving dinner with your family so everybody can listen to it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, if you do us one favor, I should have the audio uploaded by midday tomorrow on Thanksgiving. If you do us one favor, just call one person at the dinner table, the dinner table, the gobble knocker. Yeah. <laughs> boy, howdy. I wish oh, my boy. I wish my grandmother was still alive because it'd be like, Grandma, you're being a real gobble knocker right now. <laughs> yes, please. Oh, geez, Louise. Well, buddy, that's all I got. Let's get out of here. We want to say thank you. We're seriously thankful for all of you folks who listen and watch every week. Lazarus, Fire Pixie, Captain Scott, Isaac, John and Leslie, Melody, all you folks, and plenty of other people we haven't mentioned. We just really appreciate all you guys for uh, you know corresponding. Um, Andy, thanks, buddy. You gave us the official Boykin scale of rating movies. Yeah. Um, we really appreciate everybody so much for Robert, sticking with us for eight Robert, years. Robert, thank you for just, you know, hightailing it out of here and leaving this in our hands. Uh, hope hope we're doing mm-hmm. you proud. Uh, looks like you got struck by lightning in the second grade, so you probably fucking deserve that. For You know, that was like uh, karma getting you back for, for leaving this podcast. 
So, did Robert get struck by lightning in second grade? I don't know. That's what he said on Facebook. Oh, okay, fair. <laughs> followed well, up. If you're on social followed media, up by please. turkey and ham for life. <laughs> Jesus, what the hell is going yeah. on? Uh, if you're on social media, please give us a follow on Instagram. We are at PXL Paranormal on Facebook. We are the Pixelated Paranormal Podcast. Presto, what do you got for me, pal? I got a lot, actually. So, okay. you, YouTube, we're up to 290 subscribers. We had last week, we had 291, but it looks like somebody got their account suspended because they dropped off. So, they'll come back when, you know, they come out of YouTube jail. Uh, there you go. My son uh, decided to go ahead and follow us on Kick. So, now we have five uh, followers on Kick. Uh, oh, wow. We have 11 followers on Rumbo, Rumble. And we picked up another sponsor. I dropped the comments or the link in the comments on the Facebook page. So it is a local My Daily Naturals vitamin supplement from a guy here in Wichita. Uh, if you go on the go on the website, it's like Doctor Doctor Dops, and uh, you know you can get uh, stuff to make you feel better, stuff to make you feel more energized because nature is natural. He's got uh, Sasquatch in the background, support local. I like it. It's in the Wichita area. Can't get any better in that. And uh, we have our own promo code, P-X-L-P-A-R-A. Get 10% off your order. But that leads me in to the next best thing. Do you need a beard? Do you want a beard? Do you want to grow the best damn beard possible? Well, listen up, listeners, because Thanksgiving just got a whole lot hairier. And I'm not talking about the Gobble Squatch. No, we're not talking about Uncle Bob's unruly mustache or your Uncle Sam out in the back jerking it as the pig man. Get <laughs> ready to gather around the table with Big Dobbs, Beard Bomb, and all your favorite cryptid friends. Picture this, Bigfoot, the Mothman, Gray Alien, fuck that tomato guy, and the other one we talked about tonight, and a whole crew of mysterious creatures joining you for a feast of epic proportions. And what better way to celebrate than with Big Dobbs Beard Bomb 2.0? It is so creamy, it is like a beard butter that will make your facial hair as smooth as a cryptid's ass. That's right, because let's face it, folks, butter makes everything better, and your beard is no exception. With Big Dobbs Beard Bomb 2.0, your facial hair will be so soft and luscious, even Bigfoot will be asking for grooming tips. Bigfoot... But that's not all. Use promo code PXLPARA at checkout and get a monstrous 20% off your order. That's right. PXLPARA for 20% off your order so you can save some serious dough while you prepare for that most legendary Thanksgiving gathering of all time. Big Dobbs Beard Bomb with all your favorite scents to keep your beard smelling as captivating as a cryptid sighting. From classics like... Bay rum, fresh citrus, mint, and even sweet tobacco, we've got it all. Big Dobbs Beard Bomb, because even cryptids appreciate a well-groomed beard. Order now and get ready to <laughs> unleash the power of your legendary facial hair. Because whether you're sharing a slice of pumpkin pie with Bigfoot or discussing conspiracy, conspiracy theories with Mothman, make sure your beard is on point with Big Dobbs Beard Bomb. Get it all. Get it at Dobbs. 
Ooh la la, yeah. yeah. All right, cool. And if you're in the Wichita area, please stop by see Leslie and the rest of the gang over at CD Trade Post, Pawnee, and Seneca. Also stop by and see the Paranormal Egg Experience food truck and also Paranormal.cafe. Well, I can't think of anything else, so I'm going to raise this half glass of barley wine from the now-defunct Anchor Brewing in San Francisco I'm going to say happy Thanksgiving to you and yours. Please be safe, be responsible, enjoy yourself. And if you can, have two slices of pumpkin pie. And if that's not your thing and you're more of one of those dirty, dirty pecan pie eaters, enjoy a slice for me. I think it's terrible. And with that, I say cheers to the weird shit in the world and those of us who love to talk about it. And stay spooky and stay on the paranormal highway. The cast that Pixelated Paranormal would like to thank you for listening to this week's episode. Pixelated Paranormal is here to tell you tales of the fantastical, the strange, the unknown. Tales that will move you a little further down the paranormal highway. If you'd like to share your own listener story, we would love to hear it. Email us at pixelatedparanormal at gmail.com. Again, that's pixelatedparanormal at gmail.com. We'd really love to hear from you. Again, thanks for listening to this week's episode of Pixelated Paranormal, your guide to the unusual and 